Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 86 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, and, and thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news as well as what we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry, and no matter how many times I get it right, uh, no matter how many times I read the beginning, I can never get it right sometimes with my co-host here. <laughs> my name is Craig. I have the easy part. I just have to say my name and not mess that up. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of pressure on you every week. There is, you know, that there one is. line. Maybe I should just every day, every week have a new name just to add some variety. Yeah, or try to mix your name. I guess like mm-hmm. Craig is kind of hard to mix. Like it's true. You know, you know, Balmora. You know, yeah, Balmora was definitely one of my. Was one <laughs> that of was my a good one. Right there. Yeah, that was definitely one of my best <laughs> ones. It'll never get any better. Nope, it right that was that there. was the peak of our podcasting careers right there. Uh, no, peak of the intro. Let's uh, okay. definitely right. for sure. Peak of my written intros for sure. I'll take and that. let's and we'll just go ahead right into the peak of the news. Oh, OK. We're great at transitions. I like it. I'm just trying to think I'm looking over my news and there's nothing like too crazy, but I'm just trying to think about which one to start off with. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with. And this one I thought was pretty weird. Ridley Scott blames cell phones for the last dual box office bomb. Uh, yeah. Just so everybody has an idea, the budget for this film was 100 million and it only racked in 27 million. And his quote from WTF with Mac Maron was, uh, let's see here, sorry, uh, made 27 million. Okay, so he claims that these kids are brought up on effing cell phones. The millennium do not ever want to be taught anything unless you told it on a cell phone. And yeah, uh, I've, I don't know, I read that quote, I was like, oh man, like, I'm sorry, your movie, like, did bad but it, it trust me it's not because uh you're it, it's it's not because of that it's not because kids didn't want to see your movies but. true this is uh the epitome of an old man on his porch yelling at kids to get off his lawn is literally what this is That's i don't think it has any, yeah i don't think it has anything to do with what he's saying i think it has to do with one people still aren't 100 percent comfortable going to the movie theater so they're going to be very selective and two, there was literally nothing about this movie, the way it was uh, advertised or the trailers that like made, at least for me, like any desire to see it in theaters. I had planned to watch it when it comes out on like Blu-ray, but yeah. it just did not look entertaining enough for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to go to the theaters to see this. But he's uh, he's kind of been out of touch for a while. <laughs> so this is just more of the same for him. Yeah, and I, I was about the same way. I, I wanted to kind of see, you know, these, you know, I wanted to see Eternals, wanted to see Last Duel all in theaters, but it's a little bit different right now, especially yeah. with COVID cases now, you know, rising because, you know, it's the holiday season. Everybody's visiting each other. This was to be expected. But like these, these aren't just the type of movies that people are seeing anymore. Like, yep. and it's not that they're not seeing them. It's not that this isn't the thing where people are going out to see. Like we hear about all the, you know, millions that you know the marvels movies make and how many you know how well received dune was and you know these are i feel like dune was an outlier we haven't heard you know a lot of you know a lot of movies doing well in theaters since dune for the most part but if if you saw a trailer for this movie uh this isn't a trailer where everybody's gonna go oh yeah i gotta see that movie like that's just not what this movie is and it reviewed well at least from the couple reviews that i watched but that doesn't mean that I need to see this movie on theater. I would just rather see it, 
at my own time and watch it whenever I want. So well, I'm going to wait for the disc release instead. Yeah, there was a time when the name Ridley Scott on a movie meant, you know, you go see it in theaters. But I think that time is gone. So, I mean, yeah, I, I will definitely still watch it. There's a lot of people in this movie, too. Um, pretty star filled cast. But yeah, there's just it's just not a movie that screams. You need to see this in IMAX or you need to see this at your local movie theater. This screams. You probably should have put this on HBO Max or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad point. Um, I'm going to go into some news that kind of hurt me a little bit here. Um, Harmonix was bought by Epic Games and they put out a little, I don't know if you call it a press release or, you know, questions to the fans. Um, and most of it was about what you expect. It was, are you still going to be working on Rock Band? Yes, we still have plans for the season. Um, are you going to, the one was, are you going to make new instruments? And the answer was no, we have no plans to make instruments. And then the last question, this is the one that hurt me, said, you know, what are your plans going forward? And their answer was, well, we're going to be doing music related things in Fortnite. So, yeah, we're not getting a rock band ever. <laughs> I don't think. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> not for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's been kind of everybody's been asking and kind of hoping that we would get something again. Um, but. I think they're going to be on Rock Band for a while now. <laughs> or uh, yeah, not and, Rock Band, but on Fortnite. Yeah, on Fortnite. Yeah, it is kind of different with how how everything's going on here. I'm happy for Harmonix because, yeah. you know, uh, Epic, um, you know, billion, million dollar game uh, company has decided to buy them. That means they see the potential in it. So I guess we have to see what these musical quote unquote journeys, I believe was the quote that they yeah. used you know, are, are for Fortnite. And if there are any sort of relationship to, uh, rock band at all, you know, for the most part, they still release songs, which is, can be, is more than enough said for, you know, what guitar hero has been dead for, yep. for years where rock band is still releasing some new songs, uh, every time. Some of them good. Some of them are kind of songs I've never heard of, but that's just the way, you know, music goes. You're not going to know every song that comes out. So, I I think there's maybe a better chance that we see a rock band because we have Epic behind the harmonics team now. So maybe they can maybe get more of those licensing agreements because I know that was the that that's the biggest issue with with these music games is getting the licensing agreements to play these games on on console and be able to chart them. So um, I I just hope that they just don't use it just for Fortnite. That would be that'd be really rough. I really wouldn't like that at all. We're going to get a Rock Band 5 with uh, Battle Pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Rock Band 5 with Fortnite characters. Yeah. With and and I, would, I would honestly be okay with that if it means that they can have Epic's poll because Epic has already shown that they can pull major musical talent for their games. Yeah. So they, they have the ability to do that. So you could see down the line another Rock Band with an insane tracking track list. I could see that. I just don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Yeah. And with more sad news, uh, uh-huh. John, John wick and Neo are to not going to be in mortal Kombat. The actor Keanu Reeves came out and said that he does not want either of these characters to be in mortal Kombat. I had no idea. This was rumored to be completely honest. This was completely news to me. Uh, but I know that they're kind of working on a new Mortal Kombat, of course. It's been a while since we've gotten the new one. 
And I did think about it. John Wick and Neo would be two cool characters to have in it. Yeah. But, you know, maybe it's just not for everybody. And I'm not sure if Keanu Reeves really has a say in any of this. Like, I'm pretty sure the studios own his characters. And if the studio gets enough money from Mortal Kombat to have them in the in the game, then they're going to sell the character to the game. He doesn't get to get a say in it for the most part. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not exactly sure why he would say no, because putting this character in games only like it increases the popularity. It's no press is bad press, you know, in a in a way. So weird comment from Keanu Reeves. But yeah, okay. it's interesting. Maybe he doesn't want to be tied into I can't even say he doesn't want to be tied into like ultra violence because John Wick is ultra violent. Um, yeah. I could see them still doing it, even if he doesn't want to. But then I think you run into the issue where you can't use his likeness. So you'd have to go with, yeah, this is John Wick, but it doesn't look like Keanu Reeves. Maybe it looks close. But uh, I got you. Maybe, yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think yeah. he would still have a right to his face being in the game. Yeah. Um, so maybe that keeps them from wanting to do it at all. But yeah, it's very weird that he would be opposed to that. He seems pretty open to pretty much anything. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, all right, so on to some GTA news. Uh, the trilogy, Definitive Edition, the original trilogy, which has been not received well. We talked about it last week. Um, they are giving out free original versions just to PC users. Um, if you bought the Definitive Edition, but nothing has been said for console users like myself who bought it. And I'm not one of the ones who's saying it's absolutely terrible. I said that last week, but just very interesting that there is no word as of yet for people who bought it on console. I think it's an easier fix for PC because they can just put the original versions back on the store again and call it a day. But maybe they try something for console. Maybe they're just like, eh, too bad. So sad. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think for computer, it's always easier because I feel like and was this game exclusive to only Rockstar's launch or were you able to get this game from Steam? I don't know. I didn't actually check. So I feel like it's easier for them to put out maybe the computer versions of the game quickly, because if it only released on Rockstar's game launcher, then they don't like it's it's easy for them. Uh, I could see Steam and Epic, you know, you kind of have you have like, you know, the PC ports there and it's probably pretty easy. But with consoles, I think it's like a different probably thing with Sony and a thing with uh, with Xbox. I did, you know, read the other day that, you know, why Sony didn't pull this stuff off of like um, their store is kind of outrageous considering how quickly they were to do Cyberpunk 2077. Once they heard that game was broken and almost unplayable, they pulled it off of their their online store. And you couldn't buy it. Whereas now, um, like, yeah, the game's fixed, but mm-hmm. Sony really doesn't seem to care that the that the trilogy is kind of uh, really broken in a lot of ways and doesn't pull that from their store. So it's kind of like this weird double standard, I guess, of, you know, and maybe it's because Cyberpunk, it was a much more high profile release than this trilogy. So. You know, there are, there are odds and ends to even of it, but I think Sony should be a little bit more consistent with their ban hammer, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and it could have something to do with, you know, how Sony has GTA 3 as part of PlayStation Plus and Xbox has San Andreas. So it could be part yeah. of that where they can't really pull it because they have some sort of deal with Rockstar worked out. But they did 
push out a patch this week. Um, I didn't really notice anything changing when I played it at all this week, but apparently it fixed a lot of issues. So there is that they are working on it. All right. Next up on my list of news is battlefield 2042, which we will talk about later is mm-hmm. the fourth fourth worst reviewed game <laughs> on steam right now. It's there's a lot to be said about battlefield 2042 and I'm definitely not as hard on it as the reviewers are, but this game definitely has issues and definitely kind of needs to be like the benefit of it being an online only game is that they can probably fix this stuff. They can probably fix a lot of the bugs. The gameplay stuff is going to take longer to fix, and that's just the way these kind of games are. But also the negative of being an online only game is that there really is nowhere else for your people to go other than to only game other games. Like if you had a story mode, people could at least play story mode, but that's not a thing in this game. So if you aren't happy with battlefield 2042, you've gone to another shooter and you've forgotten all about 2042. And then at that point, you know, battlefield is crap out of luck there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't doubt that they'll find a way to fix it. I just don't know if you remember the last battlefield, which was battlefield one. Is that what it was called? Yes. It's been so long. Like, I think people abandoned that game pretty quickly as well. Um, so they may fix it, but at what cost if nobody's playing your game anymore, especially when it is just an online only game. And I thought, that they would have learned from when Call of Duty tried to do online only with uh, was a Black Ops four, I believe. Yeah. And how everybody was kind of like upset about that, even though everybody says they don't care about single player. I think people do to a certain extent, even if it's only like four or five hours like Vanguard this year. That's fine as long as it's something. Uh, but yeah, there's quite a bit of issues that I that I've seen when I played that need fixed pretty quickly. Yeah, we'll get more into that for games yeah. played. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tying into that also, I will be my, I haven't done a rant in a little bit, so I want to rant about Call of Duty real quick. Um, the Call of Duty Battle Pass, uh, I has, I've been playing Vanguard, uh, a decent amount. I play it off and on. I think I prestige once so far. Uh, I bought the Battle Pass because I had leftover Call of Duty points from when I played Warzone, um, and I had earned enough to get it. And to my surprise, when I did... Out of the 100 levels, there was probably 10 or maybe even less than 10 that had anything to do with Vanguard itself, and the rest are all Warzone. And I understand that like that's where their focus is, but this is a game that just came out, less than a month old, and your first battle pass, your first season here, like it's like they could not care less <laughs> about the game that just came out. It's crazy. Um, I, like I said, I know Warzone is the moneymaker here. We all know that. But to just absolutely abandon your newest game on a battle pass seems crazy to me. It's weird. Yeah, Vandred, uh, sorry, Vanguard is in a yep. really weird, weird position where not a lot of people like it. The game's already being discounted and included with deals and everything like that. Yep. So... And I hate the fact that that happened to you, you know, at least they should if they're going to do something like that, have a separate battle pass at least. Yeah. And make it so throughout the 100 levels that you're going through, you know, maybe this other battle pass only has 10 and you at least get the stuff you're looking for. 
-hmm. Whereas for you, it doesn't make any sense to have anything like that, especially if you're not a Warzone player. And I get that's what Call of Duty wants from people. Hey, play Warzone. This is our moneymaker. But you you have a whole you have two whole other things to to like concentrate on. And that's like you have zombies and you have multiplayer and you even have a campaign. But I'm not including the campaign because it's not multiplayer. But yeah, that. Yeah, that that really I I want to say is a topic for grinding my gears, where uh, that yeah. that that would make me angry. And the, either that or like have have some sort of like number before you buy it that goes here are the items compatible with Warzone and here are the items for Vanguard. That way people will know okay, before I buy the season pass, is there stuff for Vanguard on it? If there's not. Maybe you skip that one and get another season pass when that comes out that has more Vanguard stuff. But yeah, that 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 grinds my gears. Yeah. And like I said, like I didn't spend any actual money to get this battle pass, so I'm not as angry um, because I had when I started up Vanguard, I had 900 Call of Duty points from going through all the battle passes in Warzone like last year, and I yeah. only had to earn 100. But if somebody were to go on and buy Vanguard for $60 or whatever, maybe they buy it this weekend on Black Friday and they buy it for 40 bucks, And they're like, all right, let me get the battle pass. Let me get right into Vanguard. And if you don't play Warzone and you put those $20 or whatever the battle pass is, I would be pissed. You know, yeah. I'd be like, well, I just wasted my money. I mean, I did think like, oh, maybe I try Warzone again. Maybe I reinstall it. But I don't want to go down that road again. I know where it's going to lead and I'm going to be angry. <laughs> Yeah, like Warzone, War, and we've said it before. Like Warzone just isn't for us, you know. That's mm-hmm. just that's just the way things are. And I still like the COD multiplayer. So if they're not going to support yeah. that at all, what makes me what what would make me want to give them more money? Yep. At that point, and that's completely counterintuitive to the whole point of a battle pass. So yeah, it's supposed to keep you in the game. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's supposed to reward me for playing. Where. Yep. Really, the only benefit for you is like nine items and all the coins and stuff that you can get out of it. Right. And, you know, that's that's really not worth it, especially if you're supposed to earn those coins to get another season pass. Like, what would be the point for more Warzone stuff that I won't use? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty crappy of them. That's for sure. Yep. If we talk about things that have been grinding our gears for a while, it's more Activision uh, news (laughs) where. You know, a lot has happened. There are th- uh, uh, the petition for Bobby Kotick to resign as Activision CEO has reached a thousand signatures and he hasn't resigned yet. And his comment on the whole thing is, I would consider resigning if the issues do not get fixed quickly. And that literally is like one of the most confusing things <laughs> yeah. I, I've heard of. So he doesn't say no, he didn't know about everything going on. And two, how things get quick fixed quickly is by you leaving and starting a and and you know and starting a new CEO and trying to get things back on track. Activision has started a thing called Community, to where they are going to be gathering groups of the uh, of the employees of multiple of multiple of the studios they own, and then they can kind of have a voice in all of this in the opinion and let them know what's going on while um, while all of this news continues to come down. And 
you know, it, I do think it's like almost on the verge of where Act- Activision, like either he has to resign or a lot of studios are going to start, you know, no, I'm not going to renew my contract with you because you guys have promoted or, you know, you guys promoted um, sexual acts of, you know, harassment, violence, you know, harassing in the workplace. And it got so bad to where earlier in the week, Sony said Sony uh, Sony sent out apparently an email that was, you know, reprimanding everything that Activision has done. So it, you know, it's bad when other companies have to like speak on behalf of what another company's doing, but it's also just bad in general that, you know, you're the CEO of course doesn't want to lose his position. He's making bags and bags of money. So it's rough for everybody at Activision right now. Uh, you know, we've said it many times before, uh, kind of what is it what what's the word i'm looking for here going on strike against their games isn't going to help the developers the developers are the ones still making these games and if you like the games you should still get them um it's going to be more or less continuing to voice your opinion on social media continuing to you know go to their contact support and make sure that you know your voice is heard there if you're trying to do that and you know that's how these situations change. And it's just a matter of, you know, this has been going on for far too long as is for, for their issues. And they definitely need to look at themselves in the mirror. And, you know, if a lot of the times in order to stop the bleeding, you have to stop at the wound, you know, right where it starts, the top of it. And the CEO, you really can't get any higher than that for, for kind of stopping a wound here. So maybe, maybe it's only a matter of time before this happens. Yeah, especially if he knew, which it seems like he did know, have knowledge of the stuff that was going on. So he definitely needs to go if that's the case. I know you have all three console manufacturers, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, have all voiced concern about this. I don't know how far that goes because I don't know that any of those companies are going to be willing to just completely ban all Activision games. That's a lot of big games. Um, so I don't know what route they take. Maybe they do. Maybe they do stand up and say that, you know, until you make this change and, and Bobby's gone, we're not going to carry your games anymore. Um, uh, that would be, that would be a first and that would be insane if that yeah, did happen. Huge. Yeah. But it would send the message, right? That like, you need to take care of this and we're not taking it lightly. I think it would go a long way if all three companies got together and decided that, I mean, it would be a big hit for them but I think it would be worth it in the end. Yeah, that that would definitely be like a first and kind of companies taking a stand against it. And then if they ever did that, I have a feeling Activision would then have to act fast. Like there yeah. would be there would be almost like no like, oh, there would be like, a, OK, give us your give us your demands list and we will follow yeah. them right now. Because without without the three big men, you know, and there are there's the whole computing side of it as well, you know, with games right. on PC. But to have three of like Sony, Microsoft and Nintendo, three kind of biggest game developers right now say, no, we're not going to, you know, put your games on our store site would be pretty, pretty huge in terms of yeah. gaming. That would be insane. Um, I am out of stories, so I, I just I did want to ask, do you plan on talking about the Xbox cloud uh, stuff coming out? I do not because like I just I used it briefly, um, but I okay. want to use a little bit more before I do like, you know, impression. Cool. We'll leave that for next week then. Sure. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go into games next, our usual. 
What yes. games did you play this week, Craig? So I got three. Um, three. I started and completed unpacking. Uh, I have Battlefield Impressions, which I know you do as well, and then also Pokemon. Yeah, for you? me, yeah, uh, for me, I have Battlefield, Pokemon, and I have a more full-on uh, feeling about the Halo Infinite multiplayer. Okay, so that's something I'm definitely going to mention about as well. So let, let let's that. both. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say let's both jump into Battlefield 2042. <laughs> I think. Okay. I think that's the get it out of the way here. Yeah, I, I guess so. That's <sighs> probably what we should do here. Okay. I will preface this by saying I did not buy it. There is a 10 hour trial for Battlefield if you have Game Pass, which comes with EA Ultimate. So that's what I'm using. Uh, that being said, I have no intentions of buying this game, but uh, go ahead. <laughs> you know, it's it's really tough. And I really hate to say that, like, Battlefield 2042 has kind of failed in a lot of fronts here. Um, let's let me just start off with. Like, there isn't much of a story, you know, they talk about why the world and why the maps are the way they are, and it's because global warming's gone insane, and that's why there are all these huge thunderstorm and sand tornado stuff, is because global warming has affected the uh, this Earth, and is now, all of these factions are fighting over it. It's kind of the really crummy baseline story you get. And there, it's really hard to compliment this game on a lot of stuff. Like I admit the game looks good. I, I will say it looks like battlefield and battlefield has always had kind of the edge when it comes to looking good on console or, and just being a look, a better looking game than COD a lot of the time. And with that said, you know, one, I'll just start off with kind of the whole menu mess that you find yourself in. Like it took me a couple tries to figure out how to create a class and there aren't a lot of guns in yep. this game at all. Um, I think there was like four pistols, maybe five like assault rifles, like three SMGs, two sn and like three marksmen's. And I think there was like maybe three uh, sniper rifles as well. And maybe they plan on fixing that in the future, that there is a chance that they do. But to not have it out at launch is kind of iffy there. Especially uh, when it's multiplayer only. Yeah, like you have to have you have to have like guns that people want to play with. Mm -hmm. And you know that there's there's something to be said about, you know, okay, there's only five guns, but you can, you know, you can do the whole plus system of that that's what they call like the plus system is their modification of guns right on the field. And I will yep. admit that is cool. I yep. do wish and I do hope that that's something that other games maybe start to do instead of going into a menu and picking my third different version of an ACR and, and and putting that on and something like that. So I do think it's a, co a cool idea and that is a plus for the game. But the menus are the menus are kind of really hard to get through and understand the they almost go for like an operator sort of thing to almost like Apex Legends, where each of your operators are supposed to like have these special abilities. But on but like some of the abilities like a healing kit. You can just put on another operator with an inventory yeah. slot. <laughs> yep. So or even a repair tool. So why that needs to why what's the point of having an operator if that's going to be the case? Like I get that they some do certain things, but what what would be the point of playing the medic or the repair guy or the or you know the resupply man because you can just equip some of those things to your inventory slots and you now can be two people at once. So that doesn't make much sense. 
Um, that's more about the menu stuff. Do you have anything to say before, like going on to the gameplay? Um, I would say to me, it doesn't do a good job of onboarding for the game, right? It kind of gives you that first match against bots, right? Where they're like, yeah, go on and, you know, kind of figure out how this works. And they explain to you how domination works as if we don't know how domination works, like capturing points. Um, and I just thought it was weird that they chose the sand level because <laughs> it's so boring. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Everything is just red and it just does not look good. It was just an interesting. I was like, why would you pick that one out of all of them to be like, this is the first thing you're going to see when you boot this game up is red everywhere. Um, yeah, I was that was very weird to me. And the modification system it was the one thing I wrote down as like a huge plus. I think that's so cool. It's a cool idea to be able to switch on the fly like that um, makes a huge difference. And I want it to be in like every I want that in Call of Duty. I want that in Apex. You know what I mean? Like I want that. I want that everywhere. Um, but yeah, it's the menus are they're not good. Uh, even trying to change like when you're trying to deploy is a hassle and where you want to deploy. I, just, I don't know. I I almost feel like Battlefield three and four way back when were better than this yeah. was. And they're like how many years old now, like 10 years old, something like that. Um, that's when we really started saying like, man, this could be better than Call of Duty in a couple of years. And it, it's gone the opposite direction, I think. And I don't think Call of Duty has done anything to improve its its gap between the two. It's just that I feel like Battlefield has just fallen farther off. Uh but yeah, I don't know. You want to get into gameplay? Yeah, gameplay uh, is going to be kind of, is going to be the next thing here. And like Craig said, I think like a lot of the maps are kind of boring. Like there are yep. some maps, I think, like kind of the high rise city maps, I think, are a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, I do see fun and, you know, the whole kind of close quarters and, you know, the 128 player matches are pretty cool. Like you can get into a lot of mayhem with those. But I, I have a lot of issues with the squad like stuff in the respawning that they have. And that's going to be the first biggest gripe I have with it. Because when I'm in a squad with four random people, everybody is not talking to each other. Everybody's doing their own thing. Yep. So not, not only are you guys not focusing on the objective, everybody's just kind of going for the kill. And second of all, like COD's re and sorry, um, battlefield's respawn system. is just really bad. Like <laughs> yeah. if, if your whole team, like what you can do is you can respond at certain points or you can respond on your teammates. And the thing is, is if your teammate is in combat, you can't respond on them. And if, um, and sometimes those default respond points are like a five minute walk away from an objective or like where all the enemies are. So yep. you have times where your entire squad is dead and that's going to happen a lot. And you have to go respawn back at, you know, first point capture A, and then to walk over to B is a 10 minute, seven minute walk. And on top of that, because these maps are so expansive, you have to deal with snipers and yep. you could just die and never get to your objective. Like it, it it's really rough, like their respawn system. They really need to like, and I get that the maps are huge and I get that it's supposed to be this big battlefield, but playing it right now almost reminds me of mag 
if you remember yeah. that game for PS3, yep. which was yep. 256 players. And that game, to be fair, was not received very well either. Uh, and I feel like Battlefield maybe is doing a lot of the same, you know, mistakes here. Of I will admit, like, Mag, you never had to wait too long to get to an objective. The maps nearly, I don't think, were as big. But, you know, I, I can see why playing this game with friends would be fun. But if you're playing by yourself and no one's really communicating, this isn't a lot of fun. And Portal, which we'll get into later, um, is kind of the only bright spot of the... Uh, of of Battlefield 2042. But if your main gameplay isn't very fun, then nobody's going to play that and everybody's going to go to Portal. And then you have an issue of where people can't play the main game because everybody's playing something else. And and that kind of... Uh, I I don't know. It just it just sucks. Like, I, I did not have fun when playing alone in this game. Like... It, and it's not so much the game, like the gunplay, you know, it, it, it's different from Call of Duty, yes, but you kind of get used to it, or you kind of have to get used to it. And um, it, it's just more or less the lines of, the, like, the respawning, and having to walk so far to only get sniped from God knows where, and have to restart that whole process again. And there's never enough vehicles for anybody, too. Like, everybody just drives their vehicles into battle, which, you know, you're kind of supposed to do, but then you die because the yep. vehicle is gets exploded, and then you don't even have a tr vehicle of transportation. You now have to walk all the way from Objective A to Objective B. I, I really hope they can update this game and make it better, but, uh, man, it's just, it is, it is rough. It's chaos, yeah. but it's rough. Yeah, the one thing I had written down was they needed more vehicles for that specific reason. Like I found nine times out of 10 when I died, my options were when I did choose to spawn back on my teammate, when it said he wasn't in a fight, I would just die because you'd spawn in next to him and you're getting shot from somewhere. So then your other option is like, all right, let me go back to this other spawn point. And maybe this one's kind of close, but uh, I still need to go quite a ways. Uh, but yeah, there's there's just not not enough vehicles and they don't spawn back in quick enough. I don't think even if you don't put in like we don't need 10 tanks for each team or, you know, 10 helicopters, but the, like the ATVs, you know, like the smaller ones, give us more of those so we can get right back in or find a way to not maybe I don't know. I just don't think spawning on your teammate is a good option because nine times out of 10, they're going to be getting shot at and you're just going to spawn back in and die. Um, so it's just like a bad, I don't know. It's a bad repetition that makes me not want to play your game. And, you know, call of duty has the same issues with spawn points where you spawn in and die, spawn in and die. And that never changes, but this is just a different level because of how big these maps are. These maps are huge. And I just, I get tired of running. It's just awful. Um, I never get, very rarely do I get a helicopter or a tank because everybody beelines to it right away. Yeah. Um, no yep. And then even if you do get on, maybe you jump on and somebody else is piloting nine times out of 10, they're going to crash you into something <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you're just out of luck. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot that needs fixed. I don't know if they can fix it all. Uh, honestly, yeah. 
I just don't think they're going to be able to do it in time. I think people are going to bounce off of this in a month or two and it's going to be dead. Yeah. What, what really sucks about that is the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of people were looking forward to this game because it's another shooter. It's something yep. different from COD. And because of the massive failure that this game is probably going to be coming out to be, you know, the 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 dice team's going to look at it and going to go, OK, I don't know if we have the budget in to make another game like this because it was such a bomb. Yeah. And that's that's what really sucks about it, too, because I liked having both when Battlefield and Call of Duty were both at their prime. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, it's just that COD really hasn't evolved from its prime. And for whatever reason, Battlefield continues to regress. And maybe. Maybe they come back and be like, hey, we know Battlefield 2042 is bad. Um, maybe they go like, OK, there's here's a roadmap for everything we're doing, kind of like Cyberpunk 2077 is doing. And they're going to let us know when certain things will be fixed to be added and maybe that'll make the game more playable and people will come back to it. But right now I'm like, I'm with you. Like I, I bought this game cause I wanted to play it with my friends. It's the only reason I have this game and I'm going to play it. Um, so throughout the months of updates and stuff, I'll be glad to let you know, like, <laughs> um, how this game grows or if it doesn't at all. And if it's something that even my buddies who were excited for the game more than, more than even I was, go, you know what? No, we're not playing this anymore. Because, like, the reason they wanted to play Battlefield is because they're tired of COD. And now that COD sucks, and they're they're tired of COD, and Battlefield sucks, where do you go for shooters? Like, not everybody everybody (laughs) wants to play Battle Royale. It's true. Yep. So. We need something else. We need something new. Maybe Halo helps. I don't know. I guess we wait and see. But that's a perfect transition. I like what you, there you did go. there. Give me that uh, Halo news. The, What'd you think? Yeah. Hey, so Halo Infinite multiplayer. Yeah. The and there isn't much to say, I don't believe. But one, like the maps are fun. You know, this it's fun, small maps. Uh, it, it feels like Halo. Like, I don't feel mm-hmm. like I left Halo. It feels like Halo, like Halo 3, Halo 5. And I like that. I guess really the only issue I'm having is the shotgun used to feel fun. It doesn't feel fun. Like some of these guns just do not feel like they're powerful or make a huge difference at all. And I played on a couple maps where like the cinder shot was okay, but now they have this one shotgun that either like five spreads horizontally or five spreads in like a, almost a human pattern where it's head shoulders and like hip. And that gun was just really stupid. I hated it. Uh, (laughs) The BR doesn't feel as punchy as it used to be. So, you know, I guess and that's kind of going to be a defining factor for a lot of people playing Halo because, yes, it feels like Halo, but some of these guns just don't feel like Halo, uh, to, to say it in the least. I really wish the BR felt as useful as it did. I really wish, you know, the guns felt as the guns used to feel as good and the armor power ups are fine. The the whole and you can kind of get a glimpse into what this uh what is it the grappling hook is going to do because it is sometimes fun to use but that's that's what really sucks is the um the guns don't feel like it and i really do wish matchmaking was a little better i got into a couple games where like the other team clearly clearly 
was better than we were and we just got mm-hmm. robbed and then on top of that too like there's no grief system in these multiplayer matches so if the enemy team decides to stop scoring like on capture the flag and your team is just not scoring at all or not pushing back you're in for a long game yep. you're in yeah you're you're into you're into die a lot just so mm-hmm. that people can boost up their their KD and that kind of thing cuz that matters to people but um the Halo Infinite multiplayer in contrast to Battlefield can be fixed these yep. gun like these guns can be fixed they can add you know more punch to the guns or make them feel better whereas Battlefield has a lot more issues going for it and that's why I feel like for me Battlefield multiplayer I'm probably going to play more uh, sorry yeah Halo multiplayer I'm probably going to play more of than Battlefield um it's just a matter of hopefully you know my friends can can pick up Halo and play that you got to convince them to to go over to Halo instead of Battlefield yeah I I don't think it'll be a tough sell <laughs> yeah uh, right now but that's you know, it's it's just something to think about when playing Halo because that's that's going to be the one thing that gets people off the game. And if guns don't feel good, that's enough to make people go, okay, I don't want to play multiplayer anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was my issue is when you first started up and you start playing, you're like, oh, man, this is Halo. This feels like Halo. That's also the downfall of it. Like, man, this still just feels like Halo from 10 years ago. I think it needs some minor tweaks. Um, the guns for sure. I think the zoom in mechanic needs a little bit of work because it's feeling dated to me. Um, but I think there's the core of the game is very, very good. And it's going to be a nice alternative to Call of Duty and Battlefield and Apex. Um, so I think it's going to be around for a while. I think it's going to stick. I, I really hope it does too. And when Forge comes out, yeah. uh, that'll probably end up adding a bit more. And to, and to go back to Battlefield, because we did forget to mention it, Portal, I guess, is the shining light in all of this kind of crap that Battlefield has to where Portal is this whole bunch of user generated content that you can do with the game and use past Battlefield guns and everything like that. I had a couple fun games where and this is a mode in uh, Gears of War where like you're the VIP and you have like people around you that are supposed to protect you and go after the enemy VIP and the VIP as long as you're alive your other teammates get to um, get to respawn. And I really, really loved that mode. There was a lot of fun to be had with uh, with with that mode. And I think Portal Battlefield Portal in general has potential to be fun uh, where um, Forge for Halo isn't out yet. So we really can't judge that. But, you know, I that's the one thing we needed to talk about more with Battlefield was the was the Portal thing. But yeah, yeah, and I, I didn't uh, even touch Portal. I think you'd find fun there. I did. Yeah. I did have a decent amount of fun with the couple user generated games that they had. And then, yeah, but Halo Infinite multiplayer feels like Halo. Uh, they just need to adjust the guns and maybe make a couple more adjustments to the, you know, as you said, the zoom in sites. Yeah. They yeah. Need to do. Um, I can go into unpacking. We can do that yeah. real quick. This is yeah. between movies and games, which we'll get into movies in a little bit here. This was the week for stuff to kind of sneak up on me and be better than I thought unpacking i think this is going to end up on somewhere in my top 10 for the year just kind of came out of nowhere i mean you're literally the whole premise is unpacking stuff from boxes when you're moving and putting them away um very simple premise but what i think helps is one the pixel art in it is fantastic it looks really really good uh but they do such a fantastic job of telling a story of this 
girl, starting as a girl in the 90s and then going up until you're an adult here, um, telling the story of her life without actually needing any dialogue at all. Um, it It's very subtle, but they do a very good job. Um, there's, you know, off the top of my head, you might be doing, you're moving into what I'm assuming, obviously, because they don't, there's no dialogue. They're not telling you moving into a boyfriend's house because you're unpacking your stuff and like you're going into the bathroom and like, oh, there's already stuff in the bathroom. Well, this is obviously guy's stuff here in the shower. So that means I'm moving in with a boyfriend and uh, putting up like a uh, frame with the picture of the two of you in it. And then when you go to the next level, that frame is still there. Uh, but what this game does is when you completely unpack everything, it'll then outline stuff in red that's not in the right place or it wants you to put it somewhere else. Um, when you get to this other level, I put the uh, picture frame up on like her bed stand and uh, it lit up red when I was done. And I was putting it all over the place trying to figure out where I wanted it wanted me to put it until I finally figured out it wanted me to put it in the bottom of the closet, um, you know, oh, which is telling okay. you. Right. So like it's very they do things like that are very, very subtle um, to be like, OK, well, obviously she's no longer with her boyfriend. She doesn't want to see that anymore. Um, there's this, you know, from when she was little, she has this uh, figurine, some sort of like anime style figurine. Right. That's always there. Every time you're unpacking it, it's always there and you're putting it up on a shelf or wherever you want to put it. Now, as you get older, you start seeing her like, all right, she has art supplies. All right. Now she has more art supplies and books. OK, now she has all those. But in her living room, she has a costume that she's working on for cosplay. So like I you get what she's doing. Um, and then you start seeing that like, oh, now she has a drawing tablet and now she's got uh, a poster on the wall for this. I don't know if it's a movie or I'm assuming it's like a comic book. And then you're like, OK, well, here's 10 copies of this comic book that I'm pulling out of the box that I'm assuming she wrote that you put on the shelf. Um, and it's just such a good way to tell that story. And when you get to the end, you start seeing like, OK, now I'm putting a, a cane away. So now she's having trouble walking. Now there's a brace for her wrist because she's been drawing her whole life. Um, very, very subtle things that I think work in making you care about a character that you never see. You never hear talk. Um, it's just going off of her things. So a very, very cool game. You can beat it in probably three or four hours. It's very short. Uh, but I had such a good time with it. So I would highly recommend it to everybody. I know it's on PC. It's on Game Pass. Um, so you, if you have an Xbox or even on your computers, you don't even need to buy it. So definitely everybody go check that one out. That's really cool. Uh, mm -hmm. The whole thing with like the telling you where to put it. I yeah. I assumed you were going to say put the picture in the trash. You know, like, <laughs> right. like that kind right. of thing. Because that would make sense. But that that's really cool. And I guess it is like... I guess if somebody were to like take my life and put it into an unpacked game, you could probably tell a lot about my likes as well. Yeah. Um, from everything moving. And I guess I never realized how much like my stuff, and if someone were to see it, they could probably make an accurate representation of, okay, this is what this person likes. This is what they do. This yep. is their passions. This is, um, and this is like their style because you, you know, unpack clothes as well. Yep. So I, you know, this has that had nothing to do with games, but that is a really cool like thing to think about where, you know, it it does definitely make you think a little bit about your own life. What I did. And I was like, I thought the same thing. I was like, man, if somebody was unpacking my stuff, what would they think? And they'd be like, all right, well, obviously for me, like, yeah, this person's really into games. 
Um, yeah. You know, this person really went through a phase where all he wore were band T-shirts, you know, like stuff like that. Like you would get all that. It's yeah. it's just not something you normally think about. Especially with how many times like we like we and especially me as a middle adult moves. Yeah. It's like I almost move every year, two years. So it's a lot of unpacking <laughs> yep. and packing. So it's is what it is. But that, that's really cool. It makes me want to try it, but I'm not sure if that game's for me. Uh, like the <laughs> the whole, you know, the at least like it might be therapeutic in a way, but there are so many other games I got to play. So, yeah, you know, I'll have to. The good thing is, is it's not long, so you can do it in a day or a weekend and have no yeah. problem doing it. True. That's fair. Now, uh, let's go ahead and was there anything else before Pokemon or was it Pokemon? No, Pokemon right. was my last one. So Pokemon and I wrote the titles down beforehand. <laughs> Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. There is no yes. way I messed that up. I am 120 percent <laughs> sure those are the titles for these Gen 4 remakes. And overall, and, you know, everybody's going to have a different opinion on this because it's a remake of a game overall. I really like uh, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. It's got that top-down classic feel that I remember from my childhood. And then the updated visuals, like when you go to battle, which you're pretty much in one of two things. You're either on the over-the-top like over worldview or you're in battle. So the chibi art style does bring this kind of more to life and makes it a more... And it feels like more of an upgrade rather than just um, a flat-out, you know, traditional retelling of the story. And this uh, Gen 4 came right around the right around the edge of where I kind of fell off Pokemon because it was it was Diamond Pearl that I remember finishing and then I never did Black or White or Black and White 2. So that's that's something that will eventually, you know, they'll eventually remake it on want to play, but I'm really liking these remakes because I barely remember anything from from gen four like i could i could almost tell you for gen one two and three exactly what happened in all those games and what where to go and how to do everything but for gen four like because it was in like i was in like the middle i guess of my teenage years there um that game came out and i just kind of beat it and forgot it so i'm having all this fun discovering again uh what like what this game was and how and how it plays and i think that's actually really to its benefit here uh and that's why i'm enjoying it so much is because i don't remember so much about gen 4 that this feels like a fresh brand new classic style pokemon game which is something we haven't had in a long time uh yes we had x we had a no not x and y we had sword uh sword and shield which yep. were kind of these new groundbreaking and they did they did feel fresh but in a in a kind of a separate way where with Gen 4 of these remakes I'm feeling like I'm playing a classic Pokemon game but it's updated for like me in a way and yes the game is easier because it tells you of course all what everything is weak to and what it's not weak to once you beat it capture it or see it once but um all everything right now and i think i'm i've definitely played at least uh 10 hours of the game and i i'm enjoying the heck out of it uh diamond and pearl are i think are going to leave a lasting impression on me with uh the remakes they did so how how about you i know i went kind of (laughs) long-winded no you're good um yeah going back to the top-down view is 
where I want to be with Pokemon games. Like I enjoyed the past couple of Pokemon games. I didn't beat any of them. I always fell off. The top down games are the ones that I always finished. So to go back to that is good for me. You know, I never finished these when they originally came out. Um, it was again, it was right at that time where I was starting to not play them as much. Um, so I don't remember anything about these games at all. So again, it is going in fresh for me. And I like that. I think the updated look is really good. It looks fantastic. Uh, we were talking earlier about I can't play a Pokemon game in docked mode. It just feels weird to me. So yeah. as much as I want to, I, I just I this is going to be handheld only for me. It's such a like my memories of Pokemon are always like, yes, playing with friends, but a lot of it was like late at night in my bedroom playing on my Game Boy. So yeah. it fits well for me to use this to play like at night when I'm in bed. Um, and I just think it it plays well. It looks well. And they did a fantastic job. I'm not as far in as you. Um, I just started today, but I think I may actually finish this which would be a first in many many years for me for pokemon so i think it's great yeah and i i hope that like and i think this game's gonna sell well like come on it's pokemon yep. but i hope that this sells well enough for pokemon to, to like let this team i think they're Ico, or no that's that's definitely not Ico. uh give me give me one give me one second here name your uh do you do you have a gen 4 favorite pokemon yet <laughs> Not yet, because every Pokemon game, I always end up going back towards the Gen 1 Pokemon. Okay. Um, I just always do that because that's what I'm familiar with. Like, I those original 150 is where I'm most comfortable. So as soon as I find those in any game, I'm just, like, immediately into, like, these ones are what I'm going to use for my six. And thanks to my incredible stalling technique. Ooh, that was uh, great. It's developed by Ilka, so I wasn't okay. far off. Well, I'm going to be honest there. Ilka, Ico, Ico and Oka? I, can yeah. see, I can see where I made made the mistake there but i i really hope that they let them do more of this stuff because one how they did the chibi style works for what top down should be in 20 in 2021 yeah and again like it it make if you haven't played like a top down like pokemon game in a while it feels different from what they did with sun and moon but no sorry sword and shield uh, there's too many Pokemon <laughs> there is. having to remember everything. And again, like it feels fresh and I can't like understate that enough to where I'm probably going to finish this game when I should be finishing other games. And this is probably going to, it's probably going to find its way to make, make it into my top 10 here because this is the first time a Pokemon game has felt so fresh in such a long time for me. Like, a lot of the times, and even with the transition from Sun and Moon to Sword and Shield, you know, those games have similar art styles. So, and they just kind of expanded on it when they went to the wild area in in Sh Sword and Shield. But for Diamond and Pearl, like, I love the fact that this feels like an old game, but also refreshed in a way and has a lot of the benefits of life that make this game a lot better. Like, the HM stuff that they've done is genius to where and you're not you probably aren't even far enough to know this yet and it's not, not yet. a spoiler or anything but there's no hms in this game uh like cut and rock smash what you do is once you beat a gym leader you can like use these moves like in the world freely without having to teach it to a pokemon you can if you want but you don't have to 
And I do find it funny that, like, if you don't teach Zandy Pokemon, a Bidoof shows up and does it for you. <laughs> that's hilarious with all with all the Bidoof memes and how, like, sorry, Bidoof, but useless Bidoof was yep. other than being an HM, uh, an HM machine. So <laughs> I I can't understate it enough how much I like it. And really, the only negative that I have with it, and it's it's with what everybody has with it. There aren't enough fire types in this uh in this game if you start with chimchar like yes the first gym leader is a little hard but you start off with a huge advantage if you uh if you start off with chimchar in this game compared to where if you start off with turtwig or piplup which uh turtwig gain rise up the grass turtle that's my man turtles are my favorite animal just uh just a hint or i guess heads up to anybody (laughs) that wants i guess get me a turtle uh thing for my birthday or christmas christmas is closer for sure. So keep keep that in mind. But yeah, uh, these games are excellent. Yeah, they they suffer. It suffers the team Ilko and what they did. It suffers too much from being true to what those games were, what they. And yes, you can get other fire types from exploring the, the Grand Expo or the Great Underground and going into those other rooms to get Pokemon you usually can't get in diamond and pearl but they still should have added a couple more fire types and made it a bit more sparingly or make it easier to get these pokemon to where i'm not just relying on like right now i'm relying on a ponyta for (laughs) for for my only fire coverage and ain't nothing wrong with that (laughs) it's not but you need a fire type in this game like bronzor how many times you see him is ridiculous and a fire type is really the only way to get rid of him quickly so you know, just just keep that in mind of yeah, the, I'm I can't say enough good things about this game. Like that little negative and I just keep wanting to talk positive about this game. Uh, it's it's great and I and I really hope you end up getting further into the game. I'd like to see how much you you if your opinion changes more, if you find yourself, you know, feeling like you're reliving the old days with yeah. this game uh, as you get further in. Every time a Pokemon game comes out, I want it to recapture the fun that I've had and make me want to complete it. It just hasn't happened since I was quite a bit younger. So hopefully this is the one I think if any of them are going to do it, it's probably going to be this one. Yeah, I hope it does for, for our sake. So, uh, we're now on to TV and shows, man, we had a long gaming section there. I talked about battlefield and Pokemon for a while (laughs) and with TV shows and movies, I only watched TV shows this week and it was cowboy bebop and arcane uh both netflix uh original uh shows how about yourself what did you i also stuck to netflix this week with uh tiger king season two and tick tick boom all right look at that we have a large diverse list sponsor us netflix yeah right (laughs) we're 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 keeping it on on check for you guys yep i'm gonna go into cowboy bebop first okay uh just just to kind of go over it cowboy bebop is what netflix has did is they did a live action cowboy bebop where there is the classic anime cowboy bebop that's kind of universally loved in a lot of ways it is that that anime is fantastic yes it's aged a little bit because of its animation but that's what animation does it it ages Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when stuff now looks more real life than ever before with cowboy bebop and I'm going to try to keep it a bit shorter here because I, I could probably like there's a lot of thoughts jumbled in my head in order to kind of explain this. But 
Cowboy Bebop, a lot of people hate like this live action, you know, uh, retelling. And it's because it somehow found a way to be goofier than the Cowboy Bebop anime. Like the anime took itself pretty seriously, but also had kind of these this similar feel of being goofy um, in, in some particular aspects to where some and you'll see it on Twitter. Some of the one liners out of this live action is just absolutely like ridiculous and are cringeworthy in a way. Uh, but, you know, the feel of the show and their casting, I thought they did a really good job. Uh, I thought John Cho, who is, uh, yeah, John Cho for, for Spike, uh, for Spike Spiegel is a lot of fun. He's a really cool character. I thought Mustafar Shakir played Jet Black really well. And I thought like Daniela Pineda, like played Faye Valentine, like our main trio, like very well. And I guess like the, the issue I find is like these three actors, I thought had a lot of fun with these characters and played it well, but I feel like this script like, I I don't think they did a good job of, like, writing a Cowboy Bebop story with it. And it does go off into some side tangents to where things are different from the anime, or they shorten up bits of the anime to make room for something else. It, I think all the characters are fantastic. I like them. I just really wish that the script was better for them. And that's, like, the main reason I think people have a w- an issue with it, is because, like, the cast is good, but the feel of the of the story isn't there. Yeah, I'd never watched Cowboy Bebop, so like I have no tie in it. I do want to at least try it. Um I like John Cho a lot. I think he's a great actor. So it does seem like for the most part though, people were not really digging it. I remember when that first trailer came out, people were not happy at all. <laughs> so hearing it's at least better than maybe what most people are saying is good. Yeah, like the weird thing is, is the trailer kind of depicts a Scott Pilgrim Mm -hmm. type feel to it. It's nothing like that uh, so far, which that's kind of weird to, you know, invoke a Scott Pilgrim type thing and then not follow through with it at all. Uh, Yeah, it's it's strange also because like they didn't do this show any favors dropping it with like Tiger King season two and Arcane, which I'm going to talk about as well. Like I had to manually look up Cowboy Bebop, even though like this Netflix knows my my preference is anime like that is a hundred and like 20 percent like Netflix knows. So why wouldn't I want to watch this like it? It doesn't make a lot of sense that I had to manually look it up. Like I feel like they're just trying to bury it themselves. (laughs) And I think that's because people are coming out and saying they don't like it. I uh, like I said, I don't know. I I'm enjoying my time with it and. Again, I'm not some sort of person that critiques films and everything like that in this kind of black hole type of way. So as long as I'm having fun with it, that's all I need. And with Cowboy Bebop, I'm having fun. That's fair. Uh, you mentioned Tiger King, so we'll jump into that. We'll get yeah. that out of the way. Um, season two is only five episodes, so I got through it fairly quickly. Um, man, I just the first season was like such a... I mean, it came out at the right time, right? When we were all stuck inside. So it's what everybody watched. Um, I would say this does not is not as good as the first season of Tiger King. That first season was just like, man, every episode you're just like, man, this is happening. Now this is happening. Now we're talking about murder. Now we're not even talking about tigers anymore. Now we're just talking about, (laughs) I don't even know what anymore. Um, But it was just wild. And 
they kind of do the same here in season two where each episode they kind of jump to something else and it's very like i don't know it's jarring uh because you start off with like your first episode is them trying to get uh donald trump to pardon joe out of jail right and obviously that never happened but then we start going into uh carol's husband um who we you know maybe she killed maybe he's still alive in costa rica somewhere we go into that um and then we go into uh jeff Lowe uh and his zoo that he took from uh joe and then we start going into people recanting their stories and it's just all over the place and when you get to the end of the fifth episode nothing has really been tied up because they're still working on it as of today you know what i mean like they're still trying to get joe out of jail i think as of like yesterday the day before he did get moved to a hospital because he has cancer now um but he's still in jail right he's still incarcerated so there is no ending to this and i think maybe they should have waited to release it until they had a little bit more to go off of because what they're doing right now is like you know, this is what we think is going on with Jeff. This is what we think is going on with Joe. This is Carol over here doing this. But there's nothing concrete that has happened. Nothing has changed on the verdict. Nobody else has been convicted. Um, there's some minor stuff that happened, but I just don't think there was enough there to deserve another season right now. I think it could have waited another year and we would have been fine. Yeah, this is kind of a this is kind of Netflix going on and trying to capitalize on yes. you know Tiger King season one, like, which did take. Hey, remember time. Tiger King? Hey, don't forget about it. <laughs> yeah, so it's like here, let's drop this so we have something related to it, and maybe next year they release another five episodes yeah. to this documentary or something like that. If anything new happens, right? But and I and do- I also don't like it's entertaining. Like, don't it's definitely not like boring by any means because everybody's crazy. I just I want like a wrap up at the end, you know? Yeah, you you want some sort of conclusion to be happening, which you got in the first season Mm -hmm. with Joe going to jail, where now they're kind of still on the same spot. But of course, you know, you (laughs) and I don't remember too much of season one, to be completely honest. But, you know, yeah, Carol Baskin's (laughs) husband was always a thing uh, in there. And yeah, Jeff Lowe was, you know, or whoever the con artist yeah the con artist is always this other weird dude so yeah it's tiger king is full of weird people so it's that's that's just the name of the game when it comes to it yeah i I do wonder how much these guys are getting paid if at all for their like for like being on this netflix show because i wonder if like how much money they're getting if at all that much money so I, Mm -hmm. i don't know it's I'd be interested to see, like, by next year, if this all isn't finished up, it's because, like, Carol Baskin and all of them are profiting so much from this Netflix special <laughs> that they just want to keep all this drama going anyway. So, yeah, they know. that that first episode, they do kind of lay out, like, how all of these people are using the, the fame of Tiger King to make money. They're all doing it, every single yeah. one of them. So I don't know if they're making it off this actual show itself but they're definitely profiting off of being on the show for sure yeah exactly all right i'm gonna go ahead into arcane then yeah uh i'm gonna start off with saying right now uh this is a netflix original but it's also made by uh like endorsed by league of legends uh they take some of their heroes and they're putting it in this kind of alternate universe to where you don't need to know anything about league of legends to watch arcane flat out say that uh and with that said out of the way wow is it good 
Um, it's been a while since I felt like a TV show has like, I've just like stared at the screen, not blinking for an hour. Like <laughs> it, it really is that good. And it's that entran like entrancing. Yes. It, it's animation. It's not live action, but the animation looks so good. Like, and it's this mix of like 2d backgrounds with 3d characters and everything like that. And it is crazy how, how good it looks, I believe. And on top of that, the storytelling and characters are all fantastic. And they, it, they, they don't like spend a whole ton of like narrating time, like making, um, like making you waste your time trying to figure out what's going on in the world. They tell it pretty quick and they let you know pretty quickly what's, you know, who these characters are, what their personality traits are. So you can learn to like them. And in this, uh, in this show, I have the internal struggle of like, I either really like this character or I could really hate them. Like it's a flip of a coin depending on what they do. And what I would say here is give it three episodes at the end of episode three. If you're not into it, then you could drop it. But at the end of episode three, like it was, it was, it was a lot. It was just amazing. Everything that, that it did. Cause you're like, you're cheering for the, and the two characters are powder and V uh, that you're kind of following here and you're cheering for them and everything that goes on with them. They're kind of the underdogs and, and powder is kind of the, the under the underdog in a way where everybody doesn't expect her to do right. So you're finally cheering for her to do something. And then at the end of episode three, you're like, Oh my God, like that, that was heavy. It was rough. Like they're, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Like arcane is awesome. Everybody should be watching arcane. I, I get that. It's not for everybody, but you don't have to play league of legends to like it. You can watch it like they're, and the animation, I I don't think it's as cartoony as everybody would expect it to be. Like, give it a shot. Uh, but Arcane, wow, I can't. I, I love Arcane. Yeah, I'm going to try it this week now that I'm done with Tiger King. And, like, it'll be interesting because I'm going in having never touched League of Legends ever. I don't know anything about any backstory of anything. So I'll see if it still grabs me, not having any tie to it. And we'll see if I like it. Well, and like I don't have that much of a tie to like League of yeah. Legends. All I know is who these characters are going to be, and mm -hmm. what how their legends play. But how their legends play has nothing to do with the story that it's trying to tell. It, it, I yeah, it's it's really good. Definitely watch it. I can't wait to hear like at least for next podcast. Get to episode, get to the end of episode three, and then okay. let me know how you feel for the next one. Yeah, I can for sure do that. How long are the episodes? Like an hour or forty? About forty minutes. Okay. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Uh, all right. So my last one was Tick, Tick, Boom. I don't think these two could be farther apart. You're talking about an animated TV show and we're talking about a musical. So they're like different ends of the spectacle. Yeah, spectrum. you know, yeah, I will say they are for sure. <laughs> um, so uh, Tick, Tick, Boom is actually the name of a play that was written by Jonathan Larson. Jonathan Larson is the man who did Rent, um, one of the most popular Broadway shows of all time. Uh, what's interesting about this movie, which is obviously a retelling of the Broadway show Tick, Tick, Boom is he wrote a Broadway show about writing a Broadway show. Um, that's like Inception right there. Uh, but it was basically like a stage play of him trying to write his very first Broadway show. And I forget what it was called, but it had to do with like this futuristic piece he was doing. But uh, 
Andrew Garfield, man, if he doesn't get nominated for an Oscar for this, I think that would be a disservice. Um, he's proven. I know he's been on Broadway before, so I knew he could like sing. But his acting in this is phenomenal. I have a huge like spot in my heart for Jonathan Larson. I I wouldn't say I'm like a gigantic musical fan, but I love Rent. I think that's such a great musical. So obviously I enjoy Jonathan Larson, but man, this is like the music in this is fantastic. Andrew Garfield is phenomenal. Everybody in this movie is phenomenal. There's a point where they're doing a, a song because he works in a diner and they bring just about anybody you could think of who's been in Broadway to this scene in the diner, which I think is very, very cool. Uh, but yeah, this one came out of nowhere. I was like, moderately excited for it but it definitely caught me off guard i think this is gonna end up top 10 for me for the year which is weird um there's been a lot of musicals this year <laughs> right like a lot of singing yeah. going on this year uh and i'm not usually a musical fan so for to hit me this way was a little surprising uh and again it is on netflix so everybody can check it out but if you have any you know affinity for rent um check it out and you can kind of see his story um, I mean, it is a sad story. He did. He didn't even get to see Rent on Broadway. He died like a day or two or maybe a week before it premiered on Broadway. Uh, but he was a fantastic writer um, and he wrote with a purpose, right? He was writing about the AIDS pandemic um, mm -hmm. back in the 90s. So very, very cool and definitely worth the two hours. I'll have to give it a shot. Like it, there yeah. is something to be said for how the popularity of Hamilton has mm -hmm. now like spawned. And of course, like Lin-Manuel Miranda also did in the Heights and, and this kind of thing. and this as well. Yep. So like <laughs> yep. he's kind of, he's got to be just raking in cash right now at the moment. Just <laughs> writing all these musicals. Plus he right. has uh Encanto in theaters for Disney. Yeah. Yeah. So and he's, he's he was the voice for Vivo yep. uh, in, in the other. So like, there's so many of these uh of what he's doing right now yeah he has to be raking yep. in money but it's it is kind of cool to see like the impact hamilton has had on movies now where movies aren't afraid to do like musicals now because of the success yep. hamilton had and i get that you put lin-manuel miranda's name on it because yes he, hamilton everything like that mm -hmm. i just hope this kind of steers the way for a new type for more people to write with more musicals in mind for movies because yeah. they're still entertaining. Like everybody kind of thought that musicals could really only work in a live stage theater audience in Broadway. And they obviously have like made this work like in the Heights. And from what it sounds like this movie, excuse me, mm -hmm. is of like, is kind of this newer type of musical to where the, the sets aren't changing on stage but yep. they're changing with cuts throughout the movie. I, I, yeah, I've, I'm definitely going to give it a shot. I think it's awesome. And one thing I will say is when I, I did see that the movie came out, but when I read it and it was tick, tick, boom, I just thought of the one song. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't think it was a musical yeah. at all. So that, that's, yep. that's my peace of mind there. But is there, <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to talk about? No, I think we hit it all. All right. Well, that's going to be it for the podcast this week. Thank you guys for listening. This is definitely a, a much more meatier podcast than uh, mm -hmm. we've had it weeks. We'd had it weeks, but it's because we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. If you liked it, please make sure to share it with your friends. 
Uh, please rate the podcast on your preferred listening device with some comments about how we can make the show better. If you guys are interested in me doing timestamps, uh, you know, a, a plethora of things. Let us know how we can improve or let us know how much you like the podcast. I would really appreciate it. And if you're interested in uh, getting in contact with us at all, we have an Instagram, a Facebook, and a Twitter, all of which we're pretty active on or looking. We also have a email at highsensitivitypodcast at gmail.com. So now that all of those are <laughs> all, of, all of the stuff's out of the way, um, that's going to go ahead and be it. Look out for as long as I'm not busy that day, I will live stream the game awards. I did put um, like game of the year and I tweeted out what I personally voted for from the uh, podcast Twitter. So you can kind of see that and what uh, maybe a glimpse of what we would do for our game of the year discussions and movies of the year discussions. So be on the lookout for it and make sure to follow us on the tw on Twitter and uh, and all of the other media platforms you're looking for or have. So thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next time. See you later. Thank you.